This is Joy. And this is Claire. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. We hope, as we say every year, this is our 10th Thanksgiving episode that we have released because it's always been on Thursdays. And we always say we hope that you are enjoying wherever you are on Thanksgiving and that this is just adding to your day. But if you are struggling with being around your family, then we hope that this provides a little bit of respite for you. Yeah, I envision people making things, baking things, maybe going on a walk to get away from their family and listening to us. And I really appreciate that we could be that for you, whatever you're you're doing. you're driving home and you're glad to be putting your Thanksgiving meal in your rear view and now you're listening to us. Or maybe you're driving to Thanksgiving and you're so excited to see all your friends and you're listening to us. Whatever you're doing, we hope you're having a happy Thanksgiving. And if you're not in the US, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. What are you guys saying for Thanksgiving? Well, my parents are coming to town. Oh, so we're just going to hang out with Ronnie Z and Diane, the most pure people on the planet. I sent my mom this recipe that I saw in New York Times cooking. It just like popped up on my... Which one? The lemon cranberry bars. Oh, yes. Uh Uh-huh. I was like, mom, these look amazing. So she's like, oh, I'll make those. She loves baking. So I sent those to her like as a light suggestion. I know she just, uh, this is, this is kind of morbid. Okay. But like I envision myself whenever the time comes, God willing, (laughs) where my mother is no longer here. I have this vision that I'm going to all of a sudden like to process my grief, just start baking. Like, cause she's such a baker and she likes to, there's a lot, there's a lot of those recipes. And I know this is a a lot of people experience that where when you bake something that is a family tradition or something that is like your mom used to make you feel closer to your family, your grandmother. Yeah. Like we just had a whole dinner for my grandmother making like the food. And yeah. And on Thanksgiving, when I was growing up, it didn't matter what time of year it was. I would always make pumpkin pie with my grandma. And it was just like the Mrs. Libby's pumpkin pie. Yeah. That is still my favorite pumpkin pie, even though it's... It's like as basic as it gets. I think that food memories are can be some of the strongest and honestly some of the most like wholesome memories because you can really pick and choose what you like what you invoke. Right. It's connected to ritual. It's connected to like the Casper Turquoise totally, stuff. It's yes. connected to, you know, uh, heirloom cookbooks. I have this cookbook in my house that's like all heirloom family recipes oh from like gosh. mom, my mom's side and Scott's side. And I'm like one Love day, that. one day I will, I will become that person. <laughs> you will be the matriarch. I know. I have. Yeah. My mom has a, a cookbook that my grandma typed on a typewriter and it is like hundreds and hundreds of all her recipes and it's in a little oh, binder I love that. and it has a masking tape cover because my grandparents used to label everything with masking tape. Yeah, it's like... It's a, like a book of magic. It's just this kind of like, like a this... spell like, book. It's yeah. a spell book. It's energetic. It's lovely. It's heartwarming. There's so many that I have with my mom's handwriting and my mom has the most beautiful penmanship ever. And so that's just something I envision. And sorry, mom, if you're listening to this is probably like really good. Sometimes I'm my mom she's listens. Loving it. She is probably <laughs> crying if she's listening to this. She's probably in tears. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I know when I when my grandma passed away and I inherited quite a lot of stuff from her kitchen, she had hand labeled a lot of things with the masking tape and I have not taken off those labels. I wouldn't either. Like that, yeah, it just feels like those are the little things when you are missing someone and you're like, okay, this like was this little like, relic. It's it's very grounding because it's yeah. like they, they were real, they were here, they were this here. was theirs. Yeah. It's a physical connection of some sort. Mm-hmm. And that's just I one day will connect I do it now, of course, but I do it like my when my mom makes something and I'm like, oh, I'll help you. But every Thanksgiving, we have 
this cranberry salad that my grandmother, I know I've talked about this before, I've had to over the past 10 years, my grandmother used to hand crank, you know, like a cr- uh, hand grind cranberries with, you know, before we had the electric grinders. Right before you had food processors. Exactly. My mom would have this grinder attached to our counter and she'd be like grinding these cranberries and she'd be like, ah, it's such a pain. Her arm would be sore. I mean, I just have vivid memories of that when I was a kid. She still makes it. I mean, now she uses a food processor, but like she still makes that cranberry salad because my dad's obsessed with it and he hoards it. It's really cute. Like he'll kind of keep it by him and he, cause he eats it with everything. And so that's very special to me where I'm like, I will 1000% make that and carry on that tradition because it's so special to us. That's really the only thing that's like a consistent thing is the cranberry salad. It's like jello and cranberries and, you know, celery. It's like this very 60s side. Very like 60s, 70s. Yeah, jello salad. My grandma had one of those too. And my grandpa was living with, as you guys all know, he, he lived with my mom for about three years up until he passed away in August. He ate that, that jello salad every single week. My mom has gotten to the point where she's like, I can make that jello salad with my eyes closed because she was making it for him. Cause that was like, no matter how he was feeling or how he was doing, he wanted to eat that jello salad, but it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. Like chunks of apple and like, yep. Walnut, you know, it's yeah. Yeah. And it's a very, I can't remember the type of apple. Uh, Jonathan apples. Does that, that ring a bell? They're kind of tart. Are Jonathan yes, apples uh-huh. tart? Yeah. Yeah. Or like Granny Smith. Yeah. It's a Jonathan apple. Cause I remember my grandmother would be very specific about the type of apples. It could not be Granny Smith. Smith. Those were too tart, but Jonathan apples were perfect. So that was another thing is like, we had to get Jonathan apples. And I just like, I, even as I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh, I just, I can vi- envision myself in our kitchen as a kid and my mom like going through the motions with that. And I'm just like, wow, it's just so cool. We used to have, we used to host all of our Thanksgiving and Christmases at our house, which is probably when my introversion started to really develop because I would always kind of freak out when a lot of people were in our house. Um, it's so weird how you look back and I'm like, wow, that was even there when I was a kid where I would like have to go hide in my room when a lot of people were there after some time. And I'd always be like, when are people leaving? Anyway, but it's it's really good memories. So I hope people are feeling connected. Mackenzie in the chat has an important follow-up question. Do you have a project planned for your dad? <laughs> that is a great Great question. My dad. Oh, Hold on. This heart. is a moment where I just really deeply appreciate how well people have like gotten to know us over the years. Yes, I know that like that makes me feel really special. Yeah, we always kind of have to think of things for my dad. But my dad, it's really cute because he will he's selective with the type of projects that he will be he will partake in. So if we were to be like, hey, we want to, I don't know, rebuild a fence or whatever. That's a little, that's too ambitious for him. Like he likes to tinker and then have a snack and then take a nap and then come back and tinker. He's more of like a, hey dad, we're upgrading our doorknobs. 1000%. Yeah. And he will do it, but it's really funny. Like there's certain projects that he you kind of have to like get the buy-in. So like last year when we were, I believe it was over Christmas. Yeah. Because they were watching our house over Christmas um, when we were in Oklahoma city and went at Scott's parents' house. And I was like, dad, can, what do you think about sanding and painting our planters? Cause we have those planters in our house and they were just like, we wanted to paint them black. And he was like, oh yeah, I could do. So you got to have to get a buy-in because he's like, sanding is really easy for him and painting. And my mom loves painting. So the two of them, it was like the perfect project for them. Yes. 
So he also loves yard work. He loves yard work. So he last time they were here, he raked a bunch of leaves. He thought that was great. So like, and he loves, we have a huge powered leaf blower. So he was like out there with the leaf blower. So we have to kind of figure out what moderate level project he can do. I'm thinking a little bit more of leaves because we've got a lot on the ground. There was a part of me that wanted to start painting some of our bathroom cabinets, but I'm like, that feels like a little too much of an intensive that project. That is a lot. For- Maybe like upgrade the knobs in your cabinet and have your dad do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because he have- loves a Home Depot run. Oh, I bet. We I, we really need your dad to come over to my house because the deadbolt on our front door has been sticking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, something's going to happen. We're, we're, we're going to wake up one morning and like the barometer is going to have dropped and we're going to be locked inside our house. <laughs> yeah, because the wood expands or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like that. It doesn't matter. But I'm like, the, I, as you're just talking, I'm like, this would be the perfect job for Ronnie Z. Send him over. I need him to go to Home Depot and get yeah. me a deadbolt that matches oh, my doorknob. so funny. Yeah, it's really funny. So he really appreciates those types of projects where I'm like, hey, dad, can you do blah, blah, blah. And he like sets up his little station out in the garage. Oh my gosh, he's just so cute. This is like snacks and his beverages. He's just... He's just the cutest. So that's what we're doing for Thanksgiving. What are you guys doing? We're going to go to my mom's house. My mom, as you guys know, my parents both live within about 15 minutes of me. My mom lives about 10 minutes away. And we're going to make do what we did last year where we make everything in a pie. So we're going to have a turkey pot pie. And then we're going to have all of our desserts obviously will be pie formed. And today I'm wearing my pumpkin pie sweatshirt from Erin McDowell in celebration of Thanksgiving. Remind everyone who Erin McDowell is again. Erin McDowell is a baker who wrote the book on pie and also savory baking which is an amazing cookbook of basically like savory pies she's also written several other cookbooks those are just the two that i have she's wonderful if you don't follow her on instagram i think it's e mcdowell she's fantastic and oh my gosh i watched an instagram live this week with her and joy the baker and the fact that they're friends enjoy the like i sent a text to jess and joy that was like this is instagram live going on right now such a match i learned so much about pie crust during that like 10 minutes it was unbelievable. If you do not have those cookbooks or if you have a baker in your life who don't have those cookbooks, who does not have those cookbooks, a baker who doesn't, yeah, that's a subject verb agreement. (laughs) You should get them for Christmas for them because the book on pie really, she is an amazing cookbook author in in that like she's so amazing at tutorials. And so in the book on pie, she has all these, it's really like how to learn how to make a good pie crust. The way she wrote it is unbelievable. She has all these pictures of like, here's what par baking looks like. This is this is not quite done. This is done. This is overdone. Here's what blind baking looks like. Not quite done, done, overdone. Here's when you're mixing your dough and you're working the butter in. Not quite ready, ready, overmixed. And so it, she has these amazing visual cues where you're like, oh, my pie dough has been too wet this whole time. That's the problem. And actually, she and Joy the Baker addressed that in their Instagram live. And Erin was saying that because Joy was like, okay, if you're ha- if your pie dough isn't coming together, she was like, I just tell people to add a little bit extra water because like at the end of the day, it might feel a little bit sticky when you're working with it but like it all comes out in the wash when you're when you bake it and Aaron was like actually err on the side of a crumbly pie crust because that will kind of like if your pie crust is sort of having a hard time holding its shape and you can still get it into the tin that actually will resolve itself in the oven but if it's if you have too much water in it that's going to make your pie crust too um hard and and like you're gonna have to like saw through it when it bakes so that was a fun little tip that i learned it's like okay if in when in doubt if you're like 
I probably could add a little more water. I'm just, I feel like I'm going to overdo it. Just stop where you are. Leave it be. I love that she does pictures of, is it photos of what it looks like when you've done it, like overdone or whatever? Totally. It's so helpful because- it's That's super helpful. You, I would never think about that because right. it's like, here's the perfect outcome. And you're like, how did I mess this up? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Highly recommend. Ariana says she got it for her mother-in-law. It's totally upped her confidence with baking and helped us connect in a different way. See, you guys? It's all about connecting over the baking, over Food. the pies. Food. Yes. Oh, can you tell everyone about the book that I got you for your birthday? Oh, yes, I can. <laughs> Joy got me the Nancy Silverton, Nancy Silverton's newest cookbook. So Nancy Silverton, as you guys probably know, is a very well-known chef. She is American, but she's like super, has super intense Italian roots. She spends a lot of time and I think she, I believe she owns a house in Italy. She is the founder of the all of like the matzah restaurants. She founded, she's had a ton of restaurants, but right now her restaurants are like all the matzah restaurants. So if you guys remember in the Girls Gone Wad days, no, it was right when we launched Joy and Claire. It was right when we launched, first yeah. Joy and Claire episodes. Mm-hmm. We went to matzah in LA and had like a life-changing meal. Life-changing, I'm truly. not exaggerating. We still talk about it Nancy Silverton, please later. know this, that we've mentioned you five million times. Five million times. Please, please come on our podcast. And she is known for being like an obsessive recipe developer where she will like stay up all night for days in a row until she gets something perfect. And that is the whole premise of this new cookbook that she has out, which is that she's taken all of the what she considers to be the classic kind of baking recipes and has tinkered with them obsessively until they're absolutely completely perfect. And the title of the cookbook is The Cookie That Changed My Life. And then it's like, and a hundred other recipes that will change yours too. But the cookie that changed her life is this peanut butter cookie that she got from some amazing bakery near her. And she brought it home and she was like, just loved it so much. Or I think her partner, the story goes that like her partner always goes, whenever he goes to a new bakery, he orders like a chocolate chip cookie or a peanut butter cookie or something, or like a sugar cookie, something basic. And then he, if they do that well, then he'll go back and order more of like- Oh, interesting. Like, do you got- you got the basics down. Like, yeah. Remember how Chris Moore would say that about vanilla ice cream? Be like, you gotta yes. start with vanilla because like that's how you know if that's like that place oh. is good at making ice cream. Very valid. So same kind of approach. And so she loved this cookie and she ended up getting the recipe from the baker and tinkering with it until she like had elevated it. And now, and then like her version had like a little bit of peanut butter and some actual like crunchy peanuts in the middle. So she basically just did that with all the recipes. And so they are pretty fiddly. This is not a book for like casual afternoon baking. All of them are like really take things to the next level, but in a very Nancy Silverton way. So when I get a new cookbook, I was telling Joy this on text earlier this week. When I get a new cookbook, what I do is I look through, I have like a little ritual. I look through at every single recipe and I ooh and ah at all of them. I go through page by page and then I close the book. And if I'm by myself, I will do this, but typically I'm with one of my kids and I'll say, okay, pick a number. And I look at, you know, normally there's like an introduction. So it's like pick a number between page 35 when the recipes start and page 400 when the recipes end. And they pick a number and then I flip to that page and that's the the first recipe that we make. And this is not like a do or die. Like if they pick something where we're like, oh, that's actually not a recipe. <laughs> you have to, to make it. You get a mulligan, you try again. Sure. But yeah, so this one, the recipe that we fell on was a chocolate ganache tart. That's, I'll be right over. Um, Jade says, speaking of core memories, have you both seen the new preview for Inside Out 2 with anxiety? I haven't, but I feel like I need to pause and like go watch it. I know. <laughs> I have. And, but I, I just sort of saw a clip. I haven't seen the whole thing. And I am very interested. And I'm curious because the reason that those first five emotions were in there was because that was like, okay, you know, happiness, sadness, 
joy, disgust, and anger, like those were kind of identified as the five main emotions that most, I guess, psychiatrists or a a significant body of psychiatrists and psychologists have agreed that like all of our emotions kind of stem back to those big main five. And so that's why they picked those ones. And so I'm curious like how anxiety fits into all of that. And I'm wondering if it's like, okay, now that you have anxiety, like everything is kind of through this lens. Because in the preview, anxiety is orange and joy goes up to the console and is like, why is the console orange? So I think the premise is like, if you have anxiety, all of your emotions are kind of filtered through that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, it's probably like an offshoot. Yeah. I imagine that being like an offshoot of like something that comes in that you're like, wait a minute, how did this go wrong? I can't wait to see it. I love every single Pixar movie I've ever seen. So I'm very excited about it. Oh, another fun thing. I went mountain biking again yesterday. I wanted to talk about it Mm -hmm. because... I have been biking with my friend Jess Beacom, who is one of the people behind the Real Food Dietitians. So when we, this is my second time biking with her because um, she and her daughter very graciously let me use her daughter's bike. Yeah, like her daughter is around the same size as you, so it's right, like a her good setup. Yeah, daughter is the same which is great. <laughs> Which is great because I don't have a bike yet. And somebody on Instagram stories this week asked, like, when are you getting a bike? And guys, mountain bikes, used mountain bikes. Just a light 5K. Are, I mean, if you want, granted, I, I know that there are entry level bikes out there, but I'm at the point where I'm like, listen, I am a grown ass adult with a capital C corporate job. If I plan ahead for this long enough, I can get a nice bike. And I just know that I'm going to go out more if I have like all the bells and whistles and all the, you know, and it's like the cushiest of cushy. So the tier of bikes that I'm looking in, a used bike starts at probably three grand. And so that is not a purchase that I can just like wake up one day and be like, I'm going to spend $3,000 today. And unfortunately, that is not my financial situation. So I am hoping that I can get my own bike probably like next summer. We'll see. But I have been loving it. And I, yeah, but yesterday, so we went out and we did the same trail that I tried to do last time where 20, 30, no, maybe about like an hour into it. I just bonked. I just like was exhausted. I, my legs were exhausted. My body was, just, I was like, I can't keep going. Like we have to turn around. Jess was great. She was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, that's totally fine. Whatever you need, like, we'll turn around. And this time I knew that it was because I hadn't eaten enough because I'm not a big breakfast eater. And so I had just kind of gone out on like whatever random thing I had grabbed that morning. Mm-hmm. So this time I was like, I, ha- I really want to complete this trail. And so I had a peanut butter banana and peanut butter banana toast. And then I also went to the coffee shop and got in a whole breakfast burrito and like ate the breakfast burrito on the way there. I was just reflecting on this moment of like really only caring about fueling my body and really only caring of like, I am about to embark on this activity and I want to be able to do it and I don't want to run out of energy and I am not going to like worry about whatever it's in the breakfast burrito. I mean, like it was a good coffee shop breakfast burrito. Like I'm not eating like a Taco Bell breakfast burrito because then I would not have fun on the trail because I would just be farting the whole time. But like, you know. <laughs> You'd be off in the bushes digging right, some I holes. would be off in the bushes. <laughs> but like I was thinking about that as I was writing and Jess and I were talking about it because she was saying, you know, that sometimes she'll hear other female writers who are like clearly running low on energy. And she's like, do you want to stop for a snack? And they're like, no, I'm just out here to burn calories. And it's like, ugh. And I was having an appreciation for being in a place where I truly was not thinking of that. I literally was just like, I want to make sure my body has enough fuel to do what I want it to do today. Right, for sure. And it worked. I did have to stop around the same place 
because I almost threw up. So I was like, okay, correct amount of food. I just need to eat it like 30 minutes sooner. Do you think it was nauseous because you ate too much? Yeah, I think it was nauseous because I, not even too much. I just think it was because I hadn't had a chance to digest. Like by the end of the ride, I felt great. And I was like, okay, that was, I didn't eat too much. That was the correct amount. I just have always known this about myself. Like I can't eat right before a workout. So I was like, okay, do the breakfast burrito. Just eat it before you leave the house versus eating it in the car on the way there. I was also thinking about this a couple weeks ago whenever I was at that trade show. I had gotten to the trade shows the first day and I had just gotten done with that mountain biking festival and I like the night before I had had like some weird airport dinner and then the morning I'd had had like some weird hotel breakfast and I had really not slept. I'd got, you know, I'd slept from like one to six and probably not even. I was so hungry and I was like, I was able to take a step back and be like, oh, this is my body being like, hey, um, we are very tired. We don't have our normal fuel supplies today. So we need you to kick it into gear with some snacks here, lady, because like we need something. If you don't want to like fall asleep on your face, you got to give us a fuel source. And I was thinking about that like years ago, I would have thought to myself, oh my gosh, I can't, what the heck is wrong with me today? I'm just so hungry. And instead I was able to look at it as like, wow, my body is really smart and it is tired and I need some, I'm going to eat four Bobo's bars because that is what I have access to. (laughs) And this is like, my body just needs fuel. And I was, anytime I have these moments, you know, I know we always talk about how like those little diet culture things are going to creep into your brain no matter what for the rest of your life. The voice, the thoughts, the diet culture creepiness. Do you really need to eat all that? The like, oh my gosh, your pants are tight. What have you been doing? Those things where it's like, this doesn't mean anything except that my brain has just been programmed forever to tell me this. For sure. Yeah. And so I really try to recognize when my brain goes the other direction and is like, hey, this is fine. If you want to go do this, have at it, but you're going to need some more food. I receive that message as like, okay, great, let's go eat more. And not like, mm, mm-hmm. but I shouldn't I shouldn't need more food. It's yeah. really hard because you're literally going from your lizard brain, the brain that's kind of like just doing the hamster wheel thing and the old thoughts that you've been programmed to do to listening to your body's cues. That is such a bizarre thing to get used to on a separate note. And this is something that I will talk to my doctor about and probably could get expert information about. But I'm curious if people in their 40s feel a difference of their appetite, because probably in the last three years, my appetite has been so weird. Like I don't really have an appetite anymore. Where I used to be able to eat any time of day at all times. And when I would eat, I would be hungry immediately. <laughs> like it was, so that's a, that's something that I'm like, is that just an age thing where you start to just kind of like, I don't know, your hormones are changing. I'm sure it's all related. I'm sure if sassy dietitian Laura Lagos was here, she'd be like, yes. And it depends. I plan to talk to my doctor about that just to be like, hey, is this normal? But I'm also just curious on a very anecdotal point if anyone else has experienced that. People in the chat are suggesting candies for um when you need a little fuel gummy worms other sour so candy, good even what even for bears. running oh yeah and I, I love did, gummy stuff I did actually um pack some old Halloween candy and so when I did like have to stop and let my stomach settle I also ate a starburst and it was like perfect the perfect just like hit of glucose of like okay here we go <laughs> And Starburst are so delicious. And now they have those, the Halloween um, bag of Starburst that we bought gives you two and it's, they're only either pink or red, which are the- The best colors. The best colors. <laughs> I kind of like the yellow. I know it's not okay, popular, but I like a yellow. But- yeah. <laughs> Woo! crazy i like yellow and hate red kelly how could you hate red (laughs) okay well kelly i'll take your red ones because they're so good pink pink all the way (laughs) yeah it's so funny but do i do love um like the blocks they sell 
I can't remember. I think it's Cliff Bar or whatever brand oh, sells yeah, those yeah, blocks yeah. that are like gummies. They have. I, I love this honey, the honey stinger version of those. Typically, they're like energy chews. Except Scott that loves them. That's what I was eating this summer when I was throwing up on my bill. Uh, so like, so you my have some bad sort of memories. Like, yeah, yeah. My like you know, let's take a honey break stingers. Me. Scott's so cute. This is like one of the things where I'm like, you're just so cute. Like he always eats one of those honey stinger waffles before he goes to do Orange Theory. Oh yeah, those are the little stroop waffles. Mm-hmm. Those stroop waffles, and like it's just so funny. Like that's his thing. Have you ever He's had a fresh waffle. stroop waffle? No, there I'm is sure a lady do- at the. If you guys could see my hand, I'm like never, never. There is a lady at the Pearl Street, the Denver Pearl Street Farmers Market, who has a food truck oh. with fresh stroop waffles. We got to make have a field to make trip. it over there. Yeah, that sounds amazing. It does sound amazing. Um, Nikki weighed in in the chat while we were talking about the appetite thing. She said, I'm almost 51 and say, yes, Joy, your appetite does Thank you, Nikki. I'm sure. I mean, hormones. Yeah, of course. everything. And when your hormones are changing. Why am I questioning it? Like, why am I I questioning it? So we follow, everyone's always like, talk to Dr. Stacey Sims about menopause. But I have a little bit of a hard time with some of her information because it does feel like a lot of times she'll say like, you don't actually gain weight during, like menopause doesn't cause weight gain or menopause doesn't cause all these different things that we sort of attribute to it. And I'm sure that she would not be saying that if she did not have research to back it up. But at the same time, I feel like just saying menopause doesn't cause this can make you feel crazy if you're experiencing that and you don't know why. And it's like, okay, well, if that's not causing it, then what the heck's going on? When your hormones are changing from a baseline that you have been at for 30 plus years, then of course, like you're going to notice that and be like, what the heck's going on? Like I have been at a particular homeostasis within a cycle since I was in middle school or high school. And now all of a sudden I'm in my forties or fifties and wake up feeling different for the first time uh, of my memory. Hormones impact everything, sleep, appetite, your mood, you know, I, I don't know how that you can say that like anything in that time period is not impacted by that. And I haven't, I've been wanting to do her menopause course because I know she has a lot of research and classes and things that are, that she presents online that you can sign up for. I haven't done that yet. It's something I really want to do. I have her first book, which I really, really love. I'm looking at my bookshelf because I'm like, what the heck is the name of it? I got to Google it because that's going to drive me crazy. Thank you, Roar. So I really like Roar. It gives a lot of really good information, especially if you're more active. And I think a lot of, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of her research is around female athletes. Um, it's not to say it's the only thing, but I know that a lot of her work is around female athletes. So totally. And that is why what I just said, like, I'm sure she wouldn't say that if her if it wasn't backed in research, like she doesn't just throw statements like that around. But I also wonder if she's not like kind of clickbaiting a little bit. And all you do is see that and you're like, well, if this isn't causing menopause, I'm like, what the heck's going on with me? So I would just, yeah. I think it's interesting, and I know we've talked about this a few times, that it feels like in the last just couple of years, people have finally started to say, oh, we don't know anything about menopause, and this is something that impacts every single person with a menstrual cycle. We really should be educating people more about it instead of just leaving people to their own devices to sort of like go through it and like trial and error their way through this period of their lives. Somebody did ask us recently if we would consider having like a menopause or perimenopause expert on. We definitely would, if you know anybody. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, there's a few people that that are out there. I know that she co-wrote the book Next Level. That's what it was. So Celine Yeager is another great resource. And Celine Yeager has a really great podcast. I don't love the title of it, Celine, but it's called Hit Play, Not Pause. (laughs) 
I think I just have an aversion to the word menopause. It's a great podcast. It's very informative. So they co-wrote that second book. I think Stacy would be or Stacy and Celine would be great resources. I'm sure there's a plenty of them out there, but I think it's just kind of finding the right fit for our show. If that's you, let us know. All right, All right. let's shift some gears and talk about some products. First and foremost, we want to talk about our favorite sponsor, Ned, our longest sponsor, Ned. Longest ever. So much. They are the makers of our favorite CBD products with the holidays. Tomorrow's Black Friday. Pretty much all Black Friday sales have started by now, including Ned's, which they have a really great deal happening on their website this week for 20% off most products. And you also can get free chapstick, free immunity hero with different purchase minimums, Check out their website. It's honestly a better discount than what you get with our discount code right now. So just like, but go with our link because it tells them that we sent you. Yes. So go to helloned.com forward slash joy, J O Y. That tells them that we sent you, even if you don't end up using the disc, the joy discount code because it's a better discount for their Black Friday sale right now. This is especially great for people because our discount code only works for your first purchase. So mm-hmm. if you are someone who loves Ned, is trying to get some more, but you have already used the joy discount code, then this is the perfect sale for you. If you're listening to this far in the future, then you can use this kind of code joy, J-O-Y. My favorite is the daily blend. Joy loves the sleep blend. You really can't go wrong with any of their products. Everything is third-party tested, which we really, really love about them. Everything is so intentional. If you are looking for a CBD product or if you've tried CBD products in the past and you've been underwhelmed, we really, really recommend giving Ned a try. So again, let's go to helloned.com, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash joy. Use this kind of code joy for 15% off your order or enjoy their Black Friday sales. Thank you for supporting the brands that support our podcast. All right, should we talk about Black Friday since it is upon us? Kelly was just posting in the chat that Kelly, our friend Kelly Lutz, the running coach. Hi, Kelly. That sales start about two months before Black Friday even starts now. I've been seeing Black Friday advertising and that's, I mean, are we surprised? I mean, I saw Halloween decorations in July at Costco. I know. It's hard because like, especially the last couple of years, like supply chain's been weird. Inventory has been weird. Sure. And also the one that really gets me is REI because they're like, opt outside. We don't do Black Friday. And instead they do their biggest sale of the year, the week and a half before Black Friday. And it's called Google. It stands for gear up and get out. And like everything on their website is like, up to 30, 50% off. And you're like, so you're saying we don't do Black Friday, but instead you're just doing like a week and a half long sale right before Ooh, Black this Friday. sounds like some competition energy. It just, it <laughs> just bugs kidding. me because they yeah, get so that's much, fair. Like, they get so much praise and like media Praise attention. and kudos. Like we don't do gluten. We don't do Black Friday. It's like, okay, well you did just have like a massive consumer moment the last week and a half before this. So like don't act all high and mighty. Anywho... <laughs> What are some Black Friday sales that you are looking for? That I'm looking at? Well, here's the thing, because we kind of over-promised and under-delivered around Scott's Black Friday deals. But on a personal note, he's with family right now. Um, his mom's having a minor surgery. So he just hasn't had the time with work and everything to kind of like put a list together for us, which is like rude. No. <laughs> what I've been thinking of as I'm starting to shop and the things that I think are like worth looking up is 
I try not to get distracted by all the things that are out there of there's a lot of articles. If you go on Amazon, if you go, you could go down a rabbit hole. So what I've been trying to do is make a list of the things that I already like to visit. Like, I know I'm a Nordstrom shopper. I know Scott likes this brand of running shoes, or I know that he likes this brand of clothing. So I'll try to just go to those sites only because I know they're going to have a Black Friday deal or any or some type of sale, whether it be Cyber Monday. So I'm trying to kind of like make it more focused because otherwise I will just start buying things that I don't really want or that they don't really need just because it's a Black Friday sale. So and then kind of like what we talked about last week, supporting small businesses. So really kind of reserving maybe some of the things that you can go down the rabbit hole a little bit with the smaller businesses because you're like, oh, yeah, this is a really cute candle or oh, they have a homemade bath bomb scent scent. Or if you go to some type of, you know, holiday fair and they're selling cute little handmade goods, like that's something where I think you can go off of your list type of thing. But for Black Friday sales, I feel like we can just get caught. That's where we get caught up in impulse buying. That's where you impulse buy. I completely agree. It's kind of similar to like how I approach Prime Day where it's like, you know, a couple years ago, we would say like, don't shop these sales. You're just like feeding into the corporate, you know, the like a capitalist monster. But you know what? We all live in a capitalist society. We can't get out of it. If you have some things on your list that you either that are impractical to either buy from a small brand or are too expensive, that's fine. We respect that. But go in with a list. Go in with a plan. Don't just like go browse because then that's when they get you and that's when you end up spending all this extra money, all the money you would have saved anyway. Now you're just buying it on like other random crap. That is where I do try to like encourage people to really get intentional. If you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, I'm I'm saving 50% on this thing, so I'm going to go ahead and buy this other thing that I normally wouldn't have, maybe then spend that 50% that you saved on something from a small business instead if like that other thing you're buying was not already on your list. Check out, you know, I feel like almost every town has a maker's market around this time of year. Like, yeah, we have the horseshoe market and I love the horseshoe market or they have a, they have a ton of holiday markets around. So I, what I do is I go on Facebook and I'll look at events in my area and I'll try to like RSVP to some of those markets if I want to find out what's going on in our area. Um, I do love the MoMA store. So this is one of Scott's recommendations from last year. And he really kind of got me hooked on going to the Museum of Modern Art design store. They have some really cool, unique online gifts you can go. Yeah. online. They have mm-hmm. really interesting gifts. Really interesting gifts. I got Sandy last year, this really cool planter that you put like, you put like an avocado seed in it and it sprouts. And I'm like, oh, California avocados. Like that's a cute gift. Uh, they have really unique gifts if you want to get something and also just supporting the arts, maybe go to a local museum and buy something that from their gift shop. But I know everyone's really busy. It's not like you can like bop around town, but just again, trying to balance out how you can support locally. Maybe it's a brewery and you want to get a six pack of beer from a local brewery or coffee shop. That's something that I really feel passionate about is kind of keeping it local where you can. I don't have anything in particular I'm looking at this year. My kids have such like mainstream desires when it comes to toys, but also we're doing a big family trip to Costa Rica right after Christmas. And so I've told my kids, been telling them for a year, like you are not really getting anything for Christmas because we're going to go on this big trip. And so I'll probably get them each like some little thing that they can kind of tinker with on the plane. I would also love to hear if anyone has any recommendations for like, is there something out? Is there a product out there that you can attach to like a tray table that keeps kids from dropping things? 
off of their tray table? And if not, can we invent it? Because that is the there number you go. one thing I have <laughs> flying with my kids is that they're constantly, if I try to give them like a coloring book or something, it basically just means I'm going to spend the next hour trying to pretzel myself into a position where I can reach under their seat and pick up a crayon. It almost feels like you need one of those dog covers in the, for the back seat. You just need That's it exactly for your airplane. They do make those actually for kids and you can like hook it around their seat. But I almost need something that also like kind of comes up. I don't know, maybe I like attach it to their waist or something too. So it like creates like edges on both sides. I just help me out internet what do you got that's really funny help me out internet kelly said if anyone needs running clothes john g is having a good sale which is so hilarious because scott texted me a couple weeks ago he's like this is all i want i want this jacket from isn't that the store that it was from because you you were like oh my gosh john g and i was like what is that a bougie brand you're like yes it's a bougie brand of course it is scott is a bougie man i should have known this because now i'm like oh i should have gone on here i don't know if the the jacket he it was just a really cool running jacket which i he's not going to listen to this so he won't know but i did get him the running jacket he wants oh yeah okay i think it's the like a rail runner jacket it's light anyway he was very excited about it i got him that and then i also am really a big fan of buying people experiences concerts memberships to museums my in-laws got me that one year where I had like a year membership to the museum so I could go anytime. Broadway show memberships, again, that's supporting the arts. Coffee subscriptions are great. Scott loved, I'm always trying to pick something or think of things and recall things where Scott really liked it. Scott loved the coffee subscription that got him where he, after I think six months was out, he just re-upped it. Yeah, if you have like a family in your life that you're looking for a big ticket gift, like a Zoom membership is amazing or... Like a butterfly, you know, if there's like a, or a children's museum, we sometimes get Brandon's sister's family, a children's museum, like annual membership. Those are always so fun because it's also something that they can like do the whole year. It's a little, it can be a little bit underwhelming for the kids to open it in the moment where they're like, wow, a zoo membership. But then in the summer, you can just go to the zoo a bunch and be like, oh yeah, this is cool. Thank you. I mean, if I lived near Disneyland, I would want someone to buy me an annual pass to Disneyland. I'm so jealous of people who live there and they're like, yeah, I just have an annual pass and I go whenever I want. That's what I would want if I I lived there. I absolutely agree. (laughs) That would be amazing. Are you, what are you asking for for Christmas, Trey? I don't know. Like what I do is I start to make wish lists on either Amazon or Nordstrom. because That's typically what I, you know, I'm always kind of like looking at anyway. Mackenzie says bowl and branch sheets. Are those really good? I've heard so much about I mean, people do ads on all sorts of betting. So I don't know if it's like actually worth, oh, Mackenzie says they're amazing. I think sheets are really a great gift. Scott and I typically buy them around this time of year because they're always on sale. So that's a really good one. Yeah, that's a good idea. She says they're 25% off right now. If you give me a Nordstrom website to look at right now, I'd probably pick out like 10 things, but I'm really into free people, the athletic wear right now, like free their loungewear. The free people movement. Mm-hmm. I'm really into their stuff right now. But honestly, I'm just like, I don't know. I get, I'm I'm in this weird space of like wanting to get rid of things. So the yeah. idea of things coming into my home feels overwhelming. Yeah, I don't really have anything in particular either. I really wanted that Nancy Silverton cookbook. And that's like kind of it for my holiday list. <laughs> You know what I do ask for is like, hey, can you buy an add-on or give me a gift certificate to Audible? Like, so I can just continue to keep oh, up my that's a good one. subscription. Yeah, and that, like, even if someone only gives you like 15 bucks or 10 bucks, it, that still makes a difference. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm always like, those types of things are great. So just continuing my subscriptions to things that I really love 
or also just things that I typically wouldn't buy for myself, such as like really fancy eye under eye patches. I would never buy that for myself, maybe one or right, two but you, on like, occasion. Really enjoy it. Yeah. But I really enjoy it. And so, you know, Nordstrom Beauty always has really cool gift sets for the holidays. Anything from a Nordstrom Beauty gift set, sign me up. Sephora gift sets, like anything around that type of stuff. Because it's like, I always love to think about things that people just don't buy for themselves. That you're like, you're going to really enjoy this. Scott's really good about that. Of picking things that he's like, I know you'll never buy this for yourself, but you're going to love it. Like he got me hooked on when we were dating, like super, super nice socks. I remember when we were first dating where I was like, you're buying me socks. And then I was like, these are amazing. It's life changing. Like... (laughs) People freaking love socks. That is pretty much the entire premise that my yes socks pajamas. Yeah, like these are the things where you just don't realize how upping a game with a certain product really right. If you're used to just buying like the 36 pack of socks at Costco, and then someone gives you a nice pair of socks, and you're like, oh, this does make a difference. Or like the like face wash or shampoo or whatever the case may be. If you're just used to using like whatever you randomly grab at Target, and then someone gives you a really nice one, you're like, oh, this is why people like this like nice lotion or whatever i completely mm-hmm. agree i love mm-hmm. i feel like that is the sweet spot for gifts like something you know that they'll use but that they would not get for themselves that is like the perfect it's just figuring out what that is i don't mean to plug another sponsor here but that's kind of how i feel about actin acre like i'm thinking of getting that for my mom because she would love it and it's totally. she would never it's buy that for herself elevated yeah ritual and yeah I agree. I also really love, like, I asked my mom for a gift card for my birthday just to the place where I get facials. And it's like, even if she's not going to give me enough for an entire facial, but like, that's it goes in gold. your account. And now, totally. like, my facial's only 50 bucks instead of 100. 1,000%. You know, yeah. Like, an Alchemy gift card, always going to take that because that is something I will use all the time. Joe agrees. He's barking. His Joe saying hello. Is it nice always, when he barks because you're like, you don't is. have to stress about it? You're like, oh, whatever. It is. It is. And we always say, now announcing neighborhood dog. Because that's kind of what he's doing. He's like, now announcing this Come person walking down. by your front door. I do like, even though at times like when we're on calls or like podcasting right now, anytime he does bark when we're on a call, of course, it's kind of annoying. But I like it because when I'm alone, it makes me feel more secure or at night because now that he sleeps in the bed with me, I feel whenever Scott's out of town like he is right now, Joe will sleep in the bed with me and I'm like, oh, I don't have to worry about someone breaking into my house and like stabbing me in the middle of the night. I know that sounds silly, but like (laughs) when he he will bark. I know. I love that too. And sometimes I think about that because we create river still probably 80 plus percent of the time if we're not at the house. But I'm also like, if somebody, if somebody were to try to break into our house, she would lose it. And actually when we were living in Denver, somebody did try to break into our house and our dog went nuts. Do you remember the story? When, this is the same time that somebody, the same, it was the same person who stole our wedding <gasps> invitations off our front door. Yes. So oh my gosh. This happened. Yeah. 10 like years ago. Yes. And we were living in this like clunky little duplex and we came home. Somebody had tried to break our window and we were like, what the heck's going on? Totally. And then scary. we put two, we ended up eventually putting two and two together that also our wedding invitations had been stolen off our porch. What we think happened is that that same person was trying to break into our house because we lived in this crappy old duplex that was single pane, like little tiny single 
pane windows that you practically could just like blow over. But at the time we had this like psychotic border collie. I think what happened is they smashed the window and then they were going to have to come back to smash it. You know, they were going to have to smash it one more time to like really clear the glass. And the dog was going nuts and they left. And we filed a police report and they were like, yeah, that's probably exactly what happened. Dogs are like one of the number one deterrents for home break-ins. And so I think about that with River. I'm like, should I just leave her out? Like, even if she chews up a pillow, might. but we also don't live it. We live in like the safest neighborhood ever now. Right. But I think about that like at night it does it does feel better. But I have a I used to work with a, a woman who had a doodle of some kind and he is like not the brightest bulb in the bushel and her fiance husband was traveling for work. She woke up in the morning and so she was like they lived in a ranch ranch style home so she would always anytime her fiance was gone she would put on like a bunch of fans because she just like didn't want little bumps in the night to wake her up she woke up in the morning came out into her living room and it was trashed she came to realize that a raccoon had come in through her chimney trashed her entire living room left through the the chimney and both her and her dog had completely (gasps) slept through it So oh my god! Not a guard dog. That dog. Yeah, that's like JT. He would just be like, "What?" what? <laughs> he Did would maybe lift his head and maybe be like, "Ugh, that's exhausting." Whereas Joe, I love it. I love he's like really like I love he does this cute little like like when he knows something's coming and I'm like, "Oh, Joe's alerting," and I kind of love it. So I'm not really going to stop him from doing that cuz I really want him to let me know if, if danger is near. Mia said that she raised about raccoons coming in through their dog door. We used to have a cat door when I was growing up and we would get little critters come in through the the cat door all the time. You know, it's a, it's a crazy world out there. We are in nature. <laughs> We are, yes, we are in nature. But back to the Black Friday thing, we hope that you, be, we hope that it is enjoyable, question yes. mark, and that you, I, I like to, Scott taught me, taught me a long time ago, just like get it done, get it done early, because I used to just be holding on till the last minute with gifts, and it really does feel good to get like all of that out of the way. I think I am going to do a spreadsheet this year with like, take a page from Scott's playbook, because he always does a spreadsheet, he like sets a budget. I'm like, I think I need to do that, like, because then it'll make me less stressed. Here we are. We're doing the best we can. At the end of the day, sometimes it just feels good to donate to a cause as well. Totally. If you're like, if you're like nobody in my life needs anything, then just yeah, pick a pick a nonprofit. Scott was like, I don't think I can beat last year. And I'm like, well, I'm not. I don't care. He knows I don't care. He's a gift giver. What he did, loves giving gifts. I don't last year? care about the you guys donated to the Foothills Animal Shelter when Lua passed away, oh, and I got that certificate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I he he was like, like how. Well, he did get me, oh, he got me this that amazing painting by our friend Liz for our living room. That's it was right. like he ha- he had it like commissioned for yeah. our house and it was beautiful and it is beautiful. We still, he's like, I don't think I can be last year. He's like, Liz's painting and Lewis shelter tag. Like, he's like, I- I'm like, you don't need to beat anything. I don't care. I'm like, if any, just donate to Foothills. I don't need a gift, you know, but it's so funny how that's like his love language. Um, One thing we also wanted to touch on for just a hot second is how to try to reduce your waste with gift giving. That is another area where shopping small makes a big difference because a lot of times a lot of those things don't have a ton of packaging and they haven't needed to be shipped. So shipping obviously, you know, has a huge carbon footprint. So just be aware of that when you're ship- when you're shopping for things where it's coming from. And that's another really 
good reason to try to start local. And again, even if it's like, that's a great reason for thinking ahead. So you're not trying to rush with like two day shipping from Amazon. Like if you actually have time to order a book into your local bookstore, instead of waiting, you know, having to get it overnighted to you on Amazon, like they'll have it come in with their normal shipment. You can just go get it and pick it up. It saves on another whatever warehouse trip from Amazon. But there are so many ways that you can think about packaging and that, yeah, just like the carbon of of transit. The other thing around gift wrap is that most wrapping paper that we think of is not recyclable. So see if you can seek out recyclable wrapping paper. You know, I have a hard time with recommending you guys. I know I've talked about this ad nauseum, but like at the end of the day is you, is the act of you using recyclable wrapping paper instead of like trash wrapping paper really going to move the needle for our global? Yeah. Someone was talking about this recently about, I can't remember what podcast it was, but they're like me drinking out of a straw is not going to move the needle. It has to be like on a larger corporation movement. On a larger scale. But but here's my very deep belief that I think is very true. And I have seen this play out, which is that if you are making those little intentional decisions throughout your day, then that is going to prime you to then vote for policies or politicians or whatever the case may be, shop, you know, at at those big brands that do 1% for the planet or have those ambitious sustainability goals. And it's going to help you prioritize that in your life in a way that does ladder up. So don't let yourself get distraught and think like nothing I do makes a difference because those little choices do ladder up to bigger things if you let them. And so that's really my, what I always come back to is like, is me buying this like recycle wrapping paper or reusing this gift bag for the fifth year in a row going to move the needle on global climate change? No. But is it going to put me in a mindset of being mindful and reducing my waste overall, then talking to my friends and family about what they can do to reduce climate, you know, to impact climate change and how we can vote and how we can impact things in bigger ways? Yes, it will. So it's the both end of it all. It's the both end. Just like we can enjoy it, but we can also be like, all right, where can I not be a jerk? Like Scott and I kind of make it a joke of how bad, how poorly we can wrap a present. When we were first dating, he would just like put zero effort and it was just, it was a nightmare. It was kind of like tape everywhere. But now we kind of joke and like use the most minimal wrapping paper. If a side is missing a piece, we just like slap on an extra piece of paper on the end. I use a Sharpie to do my to and from and I just write it on the paper. I don't do fancy bows unless we have extras because it just feels like I want to, my wrapping is very minimal and not a lot of patience involved. Totally. We <laughs> have been reusing the same bows and gift bags for at this point, probably five or six years. And like the only time we'll throw one away is if it's absolutely just coming apart. But we just throw it back in the box with our Christmas ornaments when it all is said and done. And then the next year we dump it out and we're like, oh yeah, we have like 15 little bows that we can just throw on whatever. So, Oh my gosh, fabric gift bags. What a great idea. That's a good just, one. Can you throw it in a pillowcase? Oh, yeah. <laughs> wrap it in whatever. Whenever I used to, like, anytime I give baby shower gifts, I always wrap it in a baby blanket. Probably That's solid. a great idea. Yeah. I try to, or I try to, when I give certain gifts, I will try to put it in a nice reusable bag so then they can just reuse the bag. Yeah. There you go. You can get your, like, new sheets and just use the pillowcases to wrap There you go. Anything. All right, guys. That's- well... Until ideas all over the place. Martha Stewart, move over. (laughs) Move over, Martha. Joy and Claire are wrapping things in pillowcases. I think that's it for this week. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know. We had a lot of agenda items. I do want to just say on a very light, hilarious note, I love that. I don't know if you've been following the pop culture news about Travis Kelsey's tweets from like 10 years ago and how he can't spell. I just think it's like so heartwarming. That's like the worst, the worst thing they could find about him is that he didn't know how to spell bread or like stare. He spelled it like a like a step stare instead of stare. It's giving big. She asked me how to spell orange. (laughs) What? Oh, like squirrel. Yes. And squirrel. Oh my gosh. Like just that is warming my heart in a way. It's like, you know what? Yeah. It's big. Bless his sweetheart. Karen from Mean Girls vibes. She asked me how she sat next to me in English last year and asked me how to spell orange. That's okay. If that's the worst thing we can find about him, like bless, let's move on. But bless. I do appreciate it. Okay, guys, you can find us on Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. You can go to our website, joyandclaire.com. I was like, wait, there's one more. What is it? (laughs) Joyandclaire.com. We hope you're having a great Thanksgiving or a great Thursday wherever you are, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, guys. Bye.